Welcome to Coffee, Beans, and Booze. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Shyla. And we're thriving in a small town. It's caffeinated Jasmine and drunk Shyla. It's time for Coffee and Booze. Clink! Hey Shyla, how's it going today? Great. How are you? I'm doing really well. I think we're coming off of a really successful week. And I'm very excited to talk today about our great event that we had on Saturday. Yeah. We've had the chance to share the news about that with event with our organizations too. Yep. Um, so why don't you give some background about how we got to this, what this event is, how we got to it. We'll sure. Go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so both of us kind of come from a sort of organic structure, right? Or Definitely. kind of unstructured organically. Yeah. I don't know. Um, organizations where we've had a lot of say in, in what happens. And so um, a Three years ago, we held an oldies dance um, mm-hmm. that was pretty good, um, and we were able to get the use of a, of a really great space at Milton Hershey Campus, the Purcell Friendship mm-hmm. Hall. Um, they're really great in letting us use the space. It's beautiful. It's really... And being nonprofits, they give us a fantastic yeah. rate on it, which is one of the big things that we go into every event or every fundraiser that we're doing. We try to make sure that we can maximize, and we don't want to spend all that money. Yeah. Yes, we want a great sure. experience for the participants, but we want to make sure we're doing it fiscally responsibly absolutely yeah so we um we decided that we would still use the building but we were going to do something else and so we tried we were going going to try a trivia night and trivia is huge in our area it's it's huge in our lives and our friend circle and one thing we have definitely learned like you were talking about last week which was you know even though we've we've overlapped our friend groups which has really helped us to expand our organizations but overlapping their interests helpful as well and the interests of our community really looking at our market and saying what will work here Yeah. yeah and so yeah when i was looking at the events and things that we have for the caring covered um, we, I really wanted something that was a little more accessible for our families. So we have a golf outing. So that is a very prescribed number of people in our community, right? right? And you a have certain to audience. golf mm-hmm. and you have to, you know, you have to be able to, to give the time because golf outings are forever long and that sort of thing. So, um, and then we have a, a donor dinner, which is a silent auction celebration dinner, uh, that happens in November. And that's a pretty big ask that, so it's $75 just for the ticket, but then, you know, you think about childcare and and you what are you wearing and all of those right. things that really precludes even our families who we serve from being able to be a part of it. Yeah. And so we, when we were thinking about the the event calendar, we thought about okay, well this January timeframe works really well for us to do something else that's lower cost. Yeah, and it was really attractive for us too because so many of our events start with opportunities for our students for performance, so that they can you know it's not just the same students who uh, who are performing, but that we're able to really provide a a variety of those but not everybody in everybody's family or in our community Mm -hmm. wants to rush to a performing arts opportunity so while that might be what is benefiting the students best from a fundraising and a what will appeal to our audience the wider audience not Mm -hmm. the auditorium audience but the wider audience we were really excited when you brought this idea up because it could expand for the people who maybe are like I want to support these students and all that they are getting from this program and all that it's doing for our community but I really don't want to sit through one more afternoon of one act plays or one more afternoon of of a cabaret or something yeah and that's that's Um, my husband exactly right and mine yeah yeah (laughs) he loves to be able to support the students and he comes to the show but really ultimately if 
he can sink some money into helping them and have fun, like right. why not? And we want right? that. We want that for a community because then they're really listening at that yeah. point. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Sometimes these things are not just about fundraising, but friend raising friend too. Raising, yep. And that comes from making sure that you're thinking about where you can meet those supporters and not always just bringing them to you. And, and so this was a great event for that. So yeah, you yeah. came forward with the idea for a combined trivia event. Yeah. This thrilled me to no end too because we do talk to our students about supporting the caring cupboard through service but it is hard they are balancing a lot in their lives and so as much as I wish that included a certain type of scheduled service to the caring cupboard we could do this together and they they could they yeah. could have a so it was a sort of a win-win and ITS your your kind of underpinning yeah. the, the, the mission service mission correct is, so yeah. the International Thespian Society um, had a trick-or-treat so kids can eat event for many 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 years and that's something that they've they've still exist but they backed off a little bit but it was this natural way for us to take our international honor society and continue to connect that to feeding people and and this idea that we think about you know you you really can't feed the world if your entire body isn't fed well and nourished and so it works all together yeah no it's perfect so mm-hmm. for for both of us we realized we probably couldn't with just our people fill right. the place right mm-hmm. so it was really about kind of marrying your service and us wanting to be involved in some other capacity so that's mm-hmm. where the friend raising came in for us right this Absolutely. was a little bit about so we yeah. we have you know putting on the productions that we do expanding the program the way that we have providing these opportunities has become costly in a way that that people don't necessarily put together um, for, you know, they think, okay, you have a performance, you charge your tickets, that pays for that. Mm-hmm. But when you're including instruction and health and wellness education and uh, stage combat and travel to state competitions and, and things like that, the expenses are much f- further beyond that. And so for us, we really needed to figure out a way to raise some money in ways that weren't going to just be a sub at a time or right. something like that. And well, so, and I think that's so true yeah. of every nonprofit, oh right? Gosh, I mean, definitely. when I tell people our light bill runs us between four and six hundred dollars a month like you know yeah. yes we we so much appreciate the in-kind donations but sometimes we just need cash to be able to support well, the I building think about that and, with, you with know, the coolers this, and the freezers yeah. you have that yeah. you have to keep going one of the things I love about the caring cupboard is that you have you always have fresh milk and eggs and mm-hmm. and there's always uh, fresh meat that's there and those things that comes at a cost of running Absolutely. the electricity and so yep. you know um, Mark and I are those people we, we used to be the type of people who would drop off of something you needed and now we, we try to do it a little bit more through cash or through an organ- like something Right. Like Paul Meyer's Great Give or this trivia event where we can be doing some more yeah. cash so that you can be putting it where you need to. And yeah. we've got the same thing on our side. Yeah, I yeah. just think it's a misnomer mm-hmm. of, of nonprofit land, right? That like there are things that have yeah, yeah, like <laughs> I, you know, the light bills uh, the yeah. light bills being paid by the generosity of no electric company, I promise you that. Yeah, so, that's not how that works, right? <laughs> so we still yeah. have those costs. So yeah, it, it's fascinating to think through that. And yeah, so it's great because we can bring in all kinds of people into mm-hmm. the fold. And as I looked around the room on Saturday, it was a lot of crossover, right? Yes. People who support and appreciate the the theater program and also support and appreciate the caring cupboard. So it's kind of this cool little thing. Which was, that, all, I mean, which was really yeah. great, especially in, you know, part of that thriving in a small town is making sure that we are, are cross-referencing that, that we're bringing together all that's being done for that. And yeah, it was really great to look around the room and to see all of the people who were loving both organizations. I really love the people who come in the door for one organization and learn about what happens for another organization. Organization. Absolutely. That's sort of like 
it's just such an amazing part. And the fact that they could do it around this absolutely fun night. Yeah. Uh, it's a trivia evening um, where they have food included in that. We have music that's provided by students who are unbelievably exceptionally so talented. Good. So good. So yeah. good. Uh, we have really good trivia questions that we spend collecting time all year round uh, to do this. Um, this is our second annual event. And I think um, I think the first time we did it, it was successful. We had about 120 people and we raised about $1,500 for each organization. So about $3,000 total. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I I think was really about us seeing like is this model sustainable so the best way to do that was to sort of replicate much of what we did last year and try to maximize those pieces and now we're going to be talking about how we continue that forward right mm-hmm. how do we now um this year was successful i think you were really smart to put out there very quickly how successful it was um i kind of copied that from you you put on there on social media i think even on sunday what we had raised for each organization um we this year we raised two thousand dollars for each organization so increased we had about 175 people people there and I think people now see it's here to stay yeah right yeah and they're excited about it yes. and we're gonna bring more people next year right. you should raise the ticket price and you know, <laughs> we had a lot of suggestions at the end of the night we which did was, people are yeah. feeling comfortable yeah no it was good <laughs> but no I, I yeah I think it was a really great night and it's a good celebration of of what's going on and just brings people out in the middle of winter yeah. and is just a fun fun time Part of what makes this this night so successful is that uh, the building we use is so cool. Mm-hmm. They have these screens everywhere, so people can be loud and dumb, but you can still hear the you can still <laughs> you read can. the questions because we project that. By loud and, and dumb, you don't mean yeah. the quality of those answering oh, the no, questions. No. <laughs> you mean you mean people having just a good time, a good and time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, absolutely. not in, not in a mean way, but no, that they could just be yeah. yeah. People could really could just have fun with their their friends and yeah. So we had a few missteps this time mm-hmm. because when we 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 scaled up this year, we had about a hundred. 175 people. And we underestimated some success. Yes, which yeah. is never a problem, except that then, you know, we got started a little later than we anticipated. We but it's not, I don't think it was a bad thing. People were Every, Everything worked out fine. I think this is one of those times where when I look at this too, um, this time of year is interesting for me because I'm running rehearsal because the students are the first priority and then I'm coming over and, and doing that. But I think we both are so used to depending on each other in, a, in that way that we didn't really think about like, okay, that means we need to have volunteers here at a certain time. Right. That means, you know, that we weren't going to be able to do some of that piece. We both got a little bit, you know, I actually got over there a little bit earlier, but it was still later than needed to be. You were getting there a little bit later because there were some things you need to pick up for other people. I think we definitely realized that now that this is a thing and it has a format, we can now articulate what volunteer expectations are a little bit better. So right away when the event was over, we started taking our night's notes literally that night. Yes. Um, That's a coffee beans and booze tip, right? It It is is. a coffee beans and booze tip. Never put off what you can take care of on your phone right right now. (laughs) Yes. So, and and notes for your next event, right? So the fail fast praise party, you know, thinking through what worked, what didn't, how can we improve, even just dumb little things that, that, you know, we can, Mm -hmm. would would improve the guest experience, which then makes them happier and hopefully spend more money. And makes them support us better. They both financially and we want them talking well about both of the organizations right Um, and that's one of the great things is I think yes people came and they opened up their wallets and we had a really good model for upselling certain things there's mini games in between the different rounds and you know these pieces and these all access passes that we that was a place where we really could have improved because (laughs) we had no idea that so many people would want to partake in the extra yeah uh, which is awesome yeah you know which is awesome that they wanted to do so but now we know to anticipate for that a little bit better so I think yeah right away though when we were done we took notes about 
what what can we improve for their user yeah. experience? Um, it's clear that it upscaled to, to being, it's now going to be two floors. And this beautiful building has a nice open space in the middle so we can put people on a second floor. But that means we need to be thinking about their needs in a different way. Mm-hmm. How are we going to handle um, making sure everyone gets fed plenty throughout the building? But also, how do we make sure that they're, how do we streamline the extras? Yeah. Kind of a deal. So we have a whole list. Um, yeah. We did indeed go and celebrate, but also start to make our fail list that same night. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We really did. And, yeah. And it was, yeah, it was good. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's one one thing. A uh, couple of people have joked with me that I'm the queen of upsales. But, you know, when you're when you're I doing this, yeah, like mm-hmm. you have to think through what are some ways that we can get people to, to be a part of this? And, and, you know, obviously they bought the ticket, but then there were a couple of tables where one person bought the entire table. Right. And so the those people are looking for ways to support the organization. Mm-hmm. So what are some things that we can do that are pretty easy? And so we did, one of the things we did was this all access pass. So we did cash mini games in between the regular rounds of trivia. Uh, they got some basket raffle tickets, but then they also got to spin on the voodoo wheel. The as voodoo wheel. I call it the voodoo wheel because there's things, I mean, I think it's probably already no secret that I will trust Shyla wherever she leads me kind of a deal, but I have this big spinning wheel from, we do this fun, um, fun event called Broadway Roulette and basically the idea here is that performers are so used to being so planned out that it can actually start to mess with our minds and and so that really some of the most fun cabarets are when you see people not playing their part not doing their thing but you you spin this wheel and whatever comes up is what you sing kind of a deal and it's it's really great for our students to see those of us who are so sure-footed all the time for them to be just as nervous to be and to sure. to, to yeah. teach them the resiliency and it is fun I was at one of those it before. Is yeah it's so fun, fun. And yeah. everybody's biggest complaint is that we don't schedule them often enough. But, yeah. but, you know, by putting the student schedule first, we have to be careful when we do those. But, um, yeah, so we have this big voodoo wheel from that, which is basically just one of these giant wheels where you can write in what you want to on each slot. And you came up with this whole thing that gives, like, an extra point. Or um, somebody can – you can have a question where you can put two answers down instead of one. And so it adds this whole other – level of fun and frivility uh, you know and yeah. fun uh, happening for this for this great trivia game yeah so, so we, i follow yeah. the voodoo wheel whatever the, you want the, the, the voodoo wheel i will make good. sure yeah. the voodoo wheel is there yeah so yes. the problem we ran into though is that so many people bought the lxs passes that we were walking around with this voodoo wheel and we didn't get to people it was a whole thing so but everybody was very accommodating yes. it was fine and we had a great time um in the end of it so yeah so overall i think it was very well received people mm-hmm. seemed happy it there were great. people talking about it at the Karen Cupboard, how much fun they had. And a couple of people said, hey, I heard from a few people that they really loved it. So mm-hmm. it's getting good press, I guess. It is yeah. getting good press. I think it was really good that we shared the success of the event with other people. I think the variety that it provides, I think the ability for those who, you know, maybe don't want to come and always be the one who's filling a shelf at the Karen Cupboard or can't mm-hmm. always come and sit in the auditorium to do that. It gives them something completely different and we're meeting our audience there. We are fun- friend raising them. Mm-hmm. We are fundraising, but we are friend raising in that they're learning about the mission of both organizations. Right. For me, they're seeing our students. We truly do say it's about theater education, professionalism and service. They're seeing that service. Um, just as a little side note, and I did not get a chance to tell you this yet, um, we had one of our students who um, is a senior. He's been a, a part of our program for a long time, but often just doesn't have the 
time to do the service pieces or maybe just hasn't really made that a piece of a priority, he was there. He had such an incredible time that on Monday night when we were talking about this, he said, Mrs. Booker, I can't believe I haven't made more time and I can't believe how exciting it was to help to serve our community. And I think he felt so good about that. And so I think like that's a whole nother level to the friend raising, right? Is that we are creating these young people who care about making a difference in our community. Um, So it was great. So one thing we want to do for next year is we never really talked about our um, the mission of our organizations before people were coming in. Yeah. We didn't use those beautiful screens. I know. Uh, for those so we're going to capitalize so on that next year. We yeah. will capitalize yeah. on that for it's next year. It's on the year. notes. We it got it. Is. Yeah. It is. It was really smart for us to, to really have that debrief afterwards. We do that after every production and in many ways this was another production yeah. for sure. Another, yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah. I think the other one of the other places we're talking about is is coming up with some sponsorship opportunities yes. for the event. So, you know, I, I have heard people talk about you know having run nonprofits and they never do an event without having a sponsor mm-hmm. first that's just how you know right. but this one we we just felt like we wanted to test the waters, right? See how it yeah. kind of worked and see how sponsors kind of fit into all of mm-hmm. that. So maybe it looks like a table sponsorship or maybe it looks like a, you know, a meal sponsorship or that sort of thing. So we'll be right. talking through figuring out what that looks like and, and who we can knock on. Because our job at the end of the day for you and for me is yep. to keep on the vision of this. We keep talking about being the visionary. Mm-hmm. And so we have that responsibility that if we're going to ask people to help and we're going to ask people to come and we're going to ask people to support the mission of these organizations, we have to make sure that this event is, is maximized the most right we were up to about 175 people we can maybe fit up to about 275 in that room and then it's going to be completely maxed out and I don't know that we could handle much more than that right and we kept the cost really really low and I think at the end of the day we looked at that thought the four thousand dollars was really good but we need to be looking about how we can make the most and maximize the most for that and I think your idea for looking for the sponsorship for tables individually is such a good one and that we're thinking about that now because then we can look at how that's going to work into the other sponsorship asks we have throughout the year right exactly so, and that's yeah. what you know talking about you know knocking on the same doors all the time you know making sure that we're I don't not asking I know I don't want to do asking that to the same people yeah. over and over again so really thinking through what that looks like so mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm excited for trivia night 2021 Me and too. we're we're uh we're already scheduled and ready to roll February so, 6th yeah, 2021 February, that's right yeah so yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get tickets on sale soon no I'm just kidding I'm <laughs> <laughs> we might because yeah, yeah, I like you know, that's amazing remember uh yes yeah, so uh coffee beans and booze tip take care of what you can now and don't put it off that's right, right. Yeah. yes and so that's definitely a ladies who lunch rule yes if I can take care of it on my phone I'm doing it right now that's right that, that is it's like one of one rules right yes, yes. definitely <laughs> take care so of it now. yeah absolutely take take care of it now for sure so so for you and for your organization because you are pretty visible in our in our community um do you find that you're still finding people who don't know about your organization so this friend making is so very important yeah, I mean, I think it's it's way less than it was five years ago. Um, really, for us now, it's it's kind of moved into the direction of bringing in younger people into the fold, and so mm-hmm. your audience helps us to do Definitely. that. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, it, when we talk about the volunteers of the Karen Covered and who really supports it, it is much. It's largely the older crowd of folks. Mm-hmm. So this is a great opportunity for people to be able to come for a lower price thing to have fun with their friends that kind of thing um and i think it's worked um Mm -hmm. you know it's definitely 
Um, my husband likes to say that he feels like I'm everywhere and that I need to knock it off. But really, mm-hmm. we've done that with like zero dollar marketing budget. Oh, yeah. Like I Absolutely. have just not stopped for five years. Right. Like, that's, <laughs> that's the difference is, you know, just making sure we're we're talking about it and we're in people's ears. And now, you know, there is, there is a boundary thing, though, that happens with that. Right. I can't go to a party without someone mm-hmm. asking me, how's the Karen covered? What do you need? How can we be right. helpful? And what sometimes, can I drop off on Saturday yeah, morning? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sometimes I just want to be mm-hmm. at a place doing a thing and not you know thinking about work but it again we talked about this that you know in our in our pilot episode that this was definitely a family commitment this was a this mm-hmm. was no this was a vocation this wasn't just a job this was a calling and that I was going to meet that but that also meant that it was going to be my entire existence right. like it's hard to tease out Shyla from Shyla the Karen Taylor. it is yeah it is for, yeah, sure. for sure similarly your audience helps us too because I think when you have an organization that started as part as part of the like production for the school people have a hard time seeing that that is expanded by so much and yeah. part of that is the the demographic of our I think teenagers have changed in that way I think that that they want to do service and I think they you know we, we've always done service but it used to so often happen in conjunction with our parents and now the individuals that they are and so for me being able to show your audience who sure. is there yeah. that look these students are doing so much and these are the kids that you are seeing yeah. you know throughout your community helps my students be able to, to show that they they're, loved the they're, Hey Jude at the end right? was it Hey Jude that they, they were singing do, yeah hey <laughs> they had their cell phone lights up it was they really did. sweet so yeah the the volunteers were talking about that who mm-hmm. came to, on yeah. Saturday so night getting the is, chatter going yeah and having them talk about these organizations in different ways and totally different groups yeah you know, I had a couple of people then say to me we'd really like to see the spring production can you make sure that we have the link to the yeah to the we website can. so yeah yeah, that's yeah, great. Absolutely. That's really great. Yeah. So it was Win-win. all good stuff. Yeah. Clink. Clink. Totally. Clink of the week yeah. for sure. That's right. <laughs> yes, it for was sure. good. It was good stuff. So uh, we look very forward to continuing our partnership and um, and raising both funds and friends. That's right. So excited to have our first guest on. Uh, Mackenzie Cuthy has joined us um, as our guinea pig, kind of, right? We're definitely, sort of, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, and, and I'm so, I feel safe. Yeah, it's good. So when we do stupid stuff, it's it's okay. Um, Kenzie is currently the operations manager at the Karen Covered and has been in that role for about a year, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. about a year. Um, but Jasmine, you go back even further than that with Kenzie. I do, and I'm so excited to have Kenzie here. I admire her so much that I can't even look at her right now because, um, as we all know, I pretend like I hate all the students that I work with because I say <laughs> that I don't love the emotion of it, but to get to know them. Um, and that started much with Mackenzie. So I met Kenzie, I think you were 14 years old. She was a freshman in high school, and I was her her musical director. And I really knew right from the start, not just that she was going to be dedicated to the musical or was looking to find her voice, as many teenagers do, but I remember being blown away by her work ethic, like from the very first moment that I met her. If there was a Saturday where we were doing set construction or if we were, you know, moving costumes from one place to another, and Mackenzie would always raise her hand, always want to help, and she was the first one I always picked because I knew she would be diligent. She would help instruct other people. Um, I really remember her use of power tools and the fact that she wanted to learn how to use them. She she didn't fear away from that. And, you know, this is not a male-female or a boy-girl type of thing. But, you know, the first time you come up on, on – 
electrical tools and things, you're nervous. You don't want to hurt yourself. You don't want to hurt something else. You don't want to, you're using other people's tools and she never had a hesitation. Yeah. So um, I have a, a long admiration for yeah, the work ethic and dedication yeah, for sure. So being backstage mom at the musicals, I got to know Kenzie a little bit when she was in the production of Grease, but also I remember there was a time when you called Kenzie to come help with the auditorium setup. Because she was someone that you knew that could, like, handle it. It was maybe your junior or senior year Absolutely. kind of thing. So, yeah, you've always been kind of a go-to. So Completely. Somebody yeah. dedicated who does good work that you know you can count on. And so you were looking for someone a few years later yeah. uh, to be someone you could count on with your organization. Absolutely. And so we just knew that the work ethic, the grit, it was there. And that's what we needed, right? Uh, you can't – you don't go to college or any other kind of formal training to learn how to run a food pantry. It's just not how this works. So um, – uh, Kenzie has been a really natural fit, um, and it's been it's been a great thing. So, Kenzie, welcome to Coffee Beans and Booze. Thanks for having me. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, every guest we decided we're going to have three questions, um, and Jasmine, you can kick it off because it's coffee beans related, right? It is yeah. indeed. So, Kenzie, big question here: What is your favorite frou frou coffee drink? Oh. This question makes me sound like a coffee snob. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I would never (laughs) ask any barista to make this. I would only ever make it for myself. I make it at home a lot. But it's four shots of espresso, an ounce and a half of honey, two teaspoons of cinnamon, a teaspoon of nutmeg, a little bit of black pepper, and like six ounces of steamed half and half. I feel like the pressure is on for all of our favorite guests. (laughs) Do you have a name for this drink? Yeah, I call it the Gretna Stinger. The Gretna Stinger. I've had this before. So can you can you explain why you're so knowledgeable and (laughs) and take a little of the pressure off on some of our future guests, please? So I was a barista at one point in my life. I helped uh, manage a coffee shop, and in doing that, I got to create a lot of the menu items and experiment with a lot of different combinations of flavors and whatnot. And I I fell in love with a very complicated drink that I could never ask anyone else to make. Well, now I feel super guilty always ordering that when yeah. you were there. So I do. But I, I loved when you worked at the, at the, at the local coffee shop. Yeah. Um, I appreciated it very much. It was great to see you, and it helped us keep our relationship going, it which did. was awesome, which yeah. was really kind great. Kind kept tabs on where you were and we what was did. going on. We did. And yeah, we do that. Good. You know, you might think that you graduate and you go off in the world, but being here in our community or even those who move away from our community, we still keep a tab. It's true. We do, we for sure. keep up with you. Yeah. For, for sure. sure. So we cof- we covered the coffee beans. All right. By the way, that would put me in, like, caffeinated jasmine, not good state. I would be. <laughs> Four shots of espresso? Even I couldn't compete with that. I'd be shaking. <laughs> it would be, like, hideous. No one would want to talk to me. They'd be, like, stand in the corner until you're done. Absolutely. <laughs> you go in for, like, get DTs, like, yes. Totally, absolutely. Be bad scene. So Shyla. Yeah, so um, you are underage, but you do work as a bartender. So instead of asking the question, what's your favorite, your favorite booze or your favorite drink? Uh, what's your favorite drink to make? Uh, I like to make a frozen drink called a mango meltdown. So it's mango and strawberry, a little bit of strawberry puree with uh, some white rum and a little bit of amaretto, and you put it in with mango mix and ice in the blender, a little bit of heavy cream, and you blend it all up, pour it into a nice big glass with some whipped cream on top. It's sweet. It's a summer drink. Wow, you sure. are not afraid of work. Even, I know. Even the choices of coffee beans and booze <laughs> items yes. are not afraid. You're, you're not afraid of work. You're not. In fact, I think you pride yourself in, in being creative and mixing that creation and, and work together. Yeah. So. No, that's pretty awesome. So Absolutely. our third question. Absolutely. Is... Go ahead, Jasmine. What's your passion? As of right now in my life, I would say that my passion is just helping myself 
and other people feel fulfilled and I can do that through like I can help myself feel fulfilled through helping other people so whether that's at the most basic level of helping them get food and figure out what they're doing with their current situation in life to anything really I mean I can find it in almost anything which makes it really easy for me to be passionate about it but don't you love waking up every day knowing you're going to have passion in your life in some way? Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's My job doesn't feel like a job. I'm very lucky. That's awesome. I remember talking with you about you said I want to make a difference in the world. I, I want to do things. And that's gone through a lot of di- if different iterations for you, but that passion has never changed. Mm-hmm. Where, where did that passion come from? Where do you think you were inspired for that? I'm really not super sure. I just knew that from the strong female role models that I had in my life growing up to meeting a variety of people to being in situations that... A lot of people shouldn't have to be in that making a difference and being a good person is a very simple thing to do and that you don't need to overcomplicate it. It's very cut and dry. Be a good person. Be kind. Be nice. And you'll change lives. Yeah, yeah that's true. So the, something funny that happened, um, Myers-Briggs, I know not everybody's a, a fan of Myers-Briggs, you know, some Jungian sort of theology and whatever and, and kind of intertwined in that. But one day I had just said to Kenzie, like, it'd be interesting to know what your letters yeah. are just for like purposes of knowing. Um, I'm the campaigner. So, you know, it's kind of not it's a it's Michael Scott actually. Michael Scott's also a campaigner. I can see this. Just <laughs> <laughs> almost terrifying. Like I can't decide if it's good or bad. Uh, so I said to Kenzie, you know, when you get a chance, just do the like quick one. You mm-hmm. know, just, I'd, I'd be interested to see where you are. And it turns out that Kenzie and I have the same profile. Oh. So it's fascinating because you know we didn't know that much about each other when I hired you. I knew that it was going to be a good fit. Right. Um, and in fact, the person who helps or they own the coffee shop, mm-hmm. um, Allison, who hopefully we'll have on here at some point, um, was ecstatic when when Kenzie came over to work at the. She Karen knew Cupboard. what an incredible yeah. fit it was. And Allison and I would. I don't want you to think the world is talking about you behind your back, but I mean in the best possible way, Allison and I would have conversations or we would talk with Shyla and say, you know, how's Kenzie doing? How's life going? Is, do we? Because we knew you were someone who needed to be fulfilled. And I think she loved what you did for their business, but knew that maybe that was not the way that you were going to be able to, to fulfill all of your hopes and passions of making a difference in the world, you could interact with people, but there was more. And so I think she was so excited yeah. for this opportunity. And, and being able to have strong female role models and, and mentors. And, and she was giving me a lot of credit and all of that. So I hope I'm living up to that. You but are. Yeah, but it, it's been a good fit. So yeah. So how do you think your role has grown and expanded at the Karen Covered? And what are what are some ways that you feel like you've, you've made a difference there? It's, it's super cool to have a network of people that I never knew before take me in as I was one of their own children or grandchildren. It's, it's absolutely ecstatic. Um, but it goes beyond just helping our clients and the people that we're feeding. I feel like I'm making a difference in our volunteers' lives and listening to them. And they come in for a sense of community and a sense of socialization that they might not get outside of that. So it's really it's nice to be able to talk to them and figure out where they are in their life and then they do the same for me without even me realizing it sometimes. They just talk to me and the next thing, <clears throat> excuse me, that I know I'm sitting in the corner talking to them for 45 minutes about who knows what. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. How do you think your role has been helped and hindered by your age? 
It's a big thing, right? Because our demographic of volunteers is 60 plus mostly. So we bring down the median age by a whole (laughs) lot, just the two of us. Um, And we have a third uh, person who's our volunteer coordinator. She's kind of our special projects coordinator and she's in between us in age. Um, So yeah, we kind of bring it down. But so I'm interested to know from your standpoint, like how, how has your age been a hindrance and a help? Yeah. Um, my age is brought up in some capacity every single day, and normally I take a step back to remember that I am still young and not everyone is was at a point in their life that I'm at now at such at an age. I'm, I'm about to be 20. Um, so it's, it's a level of respect. I feel like sometimes I have to earn my stripes a little bit, especially with our older volunteers. But after I do and after I get there, it's they understand why I'm at where I'm at, and I think they... They trust your judgment a whole lot more than mm-hmm. when I had first started. Um, but I think my age also helps in an aspect because I bring a fresh look to things into the caring cupboard. Um, I'm really good with technology. I'm able to take the time to explain to our older volunteers that the internet isn't evil and it can be helpful <laughs> well, And to some you. of the volunteers have brought in their phones and been like, oh, Kenzie, yeah. it's broken. Okay, can yes. you fix it? <laughs> so, yeah, so it, wait, wait, it's so interesting because in our roles, we're working with older folks and in your role at the school, Jasmine, you're mm-hmm. working with the other side where you are the older person. Correct. So yeah. how does that, like, what do you see that you know it's it's interesting because um I was always sort of like the younger person in my professional um areas when I when I was first hired into my career I was I was always the young one and so it's interesting being around people who are so young now I think they keep me young um between both at the high school and at the college level I'm you know I know the latest lingo Mm -hmm. Uh, you know I can use the latest I know what the mean mean. I know the the tea tea. (laughs) I can spill the tea with the best of them you know that kind of a deal and it keeps me young in a lot of ways um, I think because I'm still a relatively young parent, you know, I, I still have younger, ch- not young children, but young adult children, um, I think that that has a trust factor and a respect factor that comes from my students then, you know, because they know that I get their world, which I sure. think it would be different if I was like much, much older kind of a deal. Yeah. So I kind of love the land I'm in with them. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you have to also earn their respect in a different oh, way, sure. like the way that Kenzie has to earn it because she's not old enough. You know, yeah. Do you I have to because I have to earn the respect that I get them like you know what I mean they they I have to do it in that way um what's nice about about my piece is that usually you don't get 66 people who've never met you before right there's like 50 of those kids who already know you and then you get a group and even in a class because we're in such a small community I usually know someone in the class that I'm teaching here or something like that but so usually it's the peer pressure for positive you know the the kids who have been around me for a while are like no Mrs. Booker gets you like you need to trust and that she gets your schedule she and I really do strive to listen and so I can get them kind of a deal, you know. Um, and I think I can remember listening to you, Kenzie, when you were a teenager and being like, okay, she she comes in here with a different type of work ethic because you had different experiences. I don't think it's that people choose to have a, you know, I'm not suggesting that they chose to have a bad work ethic. But you had done a lot of outdoor work. You had done a lot of hands-on things. Um, it's one of the reasons I think at the caring cupboard you earn your stripes so fast because your hands are in there. You are picking up, moving, doing, driving, yeah, all of those things. And I think that's been kind of a tenet of our leadership mm-hmm. is making sure yeah. that I'm, yeah, I, I'm in the back 
unloading mm-hmm. a truck with the guys and making sure that they know that we're not afraid of the hard work, but there's also a whole lot of admin stuff that has mm-hmm. to happen. So sometimes I am holding in my office and it's not because I don't want to be around them, but because there's stuff to do. And, and you know, we really try to be sort of in the trenches with, mm-hmm. with the volunteers. How so. does your age, I, I, I mean, I know a little bit of that because you, you may be between Kenzie and, and my age kind of a deal, but you work with so many older volunteers. Mm-hmm. You have clients who are from all different age spectrums, but you are the executive director. You are the person who has to have that administrative respect going on, and not everyone always sees that in a volunteer organization. Sure. How do you say age? Um, and then there's always the piece of we are females at our ages. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. how does that work for you? That's Yeah, I mean, it's been sort of an evolving kind of thing. Um, what what happens at the Karen Covered is that people will come and they'll be volunteers for two or three years and then they kind of peter off and then someone new comes in. And so there's been a lot of changeover. So even though I've been involved in the organization since 2006 in some capacity, not everybody knows that. And so it's really fascinating because they think that, you know, I'm, I'm young and dumb mm-hmm. um, just by virtue of being young and female. Sometimes right. I feel like that that's definitely a thing. Uh, the amount of times I've heard you can do it your damn self and mm-hmm. people walking out the door, you know, when I had to make some big changes that people weren't comfortable with because, you know, it was the way that they had always done things. And, and you so, need to work on a land of efficiency. Right. You have to constantly yes. be looking at what is the most efficient to get the most food in the hands of your clients. Right. Because exactly. at the end of the day, that yeah. is the only mission that matters. Yeah. I, I <laughs> think in, in so in that way, obviously, I've had to earn respect. Um, it's it's challenging. It, it's always challenging. There's, there's not a day where I don't feel some sort of pressure, but um, I do sometimes come off pretty stoic and I do come off um, pretty professional. So the people who know me well know that that's mm-hmm. not true, but I, it it helps me to maintain a boundary. So, it's so funny that those things can be seen as a negative mm-hmm. in this particular atmosphere, whereas professionalism and um, lack of emotion are sometimes the things that we're actually encouraged as women to have right. in our professional yeah. <laughs> worlds. So it's such this mixed message it that is, we get. For sure. Um, and, you know, we live a frustration with that, but I think sometimes, too, we just want a clarity in that. Right. No, it's true. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, so, you know, I, I don't – it's just my nature. It's just who, who sure. I am. It's just how I am. And um, it's sometimes I still feel like there's still a lot of earning of stripes there, right? So um, there are a lot of volunteers who will say, well, what did you do with her time? And mm-hmm. well, I have my hands in a thousand pots and we're doing a lot of really great things, some of which you don't even know or see or have no experience with. And that's okay. Um, so there is this sort of like under like tone of like, you know, oh, well, you know, are you paid? You work for a nonprofit. Like, Kenzie's gotten that question a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Like, are you paid? And, you know, we're like, it's not – this isn't – it's a tax, like, status. Right. It is not a business model. And so I've come at this as a very business-like, mm-hmm. you know, orientation. Well, because so, you have to. There is yes, inventory and there's distribution yes. and there is pickup and there's all the things that a logistics company would have. Right. And so – and it's all for that greater good. And I, I think with all organizations like we have – you have to remind people of what that end goal is and Absolutely. what that overall community value is, sure. and then it can get us all on Absolutely. the same team, regardless of age or, yeah. or gender or any but of those in, pieces. But in, in a good way, it has also invited younger people to be involved in what we're mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. So I think we've really moved moved from 
only being older adults who have time to really moving into, you know, Molly does a great job of, of bringing in volunteers from all different ages mm-hmm. and, and ranges and, and from all different areas. And, and such, such a wide variety yeah. of commitments of time and types of projects. And I have some students who were so thrilled to be um, part of the summer lunch program and it really stuck with them. And then they maybe had one ses- session that they were signed up for, but then they contacted you separately and they want yep. to keep that going. And what's for me, what's exciting is they're underclass and so I know that that's only going to grow and then they see Mackenzie working there and they're like oh this can keep being a part of my life and they can see you saying oh no this this can be your professional life forever Mm -hmm. you know so all of those levels I think create a whole lifetime of giving back and a whole a whole true society of giving sure yeah absolutely so Kenzie kind of being on the nonprofit land like there's a whole lot of cultural drive and movement. Jen talks about this here mm-hmm. at the college where, mm-hmm. where students are really interested in working in nonprofit land. Is that something that you always wanted to do or something that you had considered? Or was it just like, oh, okay, this is kind of cool and this works really well with my schedule and whatever. Like, I guess, how did you come up, like approach that? Um, I was, when Jasmine came into the coffee shop and <laughs> said, this is Shyla's email, you better email her with your resume quick. I was like, okay, <laughs> if right. you think so. Like, I, I had trusted Jasmine. She was a very strong female role model for me, and I I loved everything that she had done for me so far, so she couldn't lead me astray now sort of thing. Let's talk a little bit about the other side of your life, right? You live a little stretch away in like the woods and you like outdoorsy stuff and yeah talk a little bit about that what's what's life look like outside of the walls of the caring cupboard outside the walls of the caring cupboard I am equally as busy uh I go to school online I'm getting uh my bachelor's degree through hack right now and it's a great experience being able to take school online is very flexible it allows Mm -hmm. me to move my professional life along as well as my personal life and getting a degree and being a first-generation college student is something that I really, really wanted and I've always really, really wanted that. I'm a first-generation cousin. Are we all first-generation college students? First-generation, right here. I love it. I I got to be part of a first-generation lunch for college students here at Lebanon Valley um, this week and it's one of my favorite things I do because there is such pressure and passion that comes to that together and, and I think sometimes it's a lot to understand so yeah. congratulations it's yeah, huge too. it's, it's yeah. awesome that's amazing it's it's mm-hmm. great yeah, yeah. um yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah other than college I bartend at night uh that's just to fill my time a little bit make some extra money here and there it's more to pay for college it just balances things out very nicely um yeah. yeah, you're you're about the environment. You drive a hybrid. I do drive yeah. a hybrid. All about that the hybrid. Was, <laughs> I love my hybrid. Um, try and be pretty yeah. friendly. I have a compost pile in my backyard. We live at the foothills, if you could call the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains hills. I mean, compared to the Rockies, they're they're not yeah. then, but. They're not mm-hmm. quite, yeah, they're little, little, yeah, they're hills. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And you have a puppy. I do have a puppy. Her name's Ramona. She is a Pitbull German Shepherd mix. How old is she? Uh, like a year and a half. Oh, yeah. did I, how did I miss this? Did you adopt her? It, Hunter adopted her. Okay. Yeah. yeah. My Aww. boyfriend adopted her, so. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's. Yeah. She keeps you busy. She keeps us busy. She likes to run around. She likes to go for hikes, that sort of stuff, like a typical dog would. Nice. Oh, typical. Pitsy and Nolly are not about the hiking. No. <laughs> no. Pitsy and Nolly are like, can we go to Starbucks for our puppuccinos, mommy? Yeah, they're in their British voices. I think they're British. Oh, they're know. British. Okay. Only one of them, even though they're siblings, one speaks in a British voice and the other one doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But you are an animal lover. I am an animal, an animal lover, yes. Uh, I also have a snake. 
Mm-hmm. His name is Presley. Yes, I did know that. Mm-hmm. Yes, the snake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about all that. Yeah. yeah. But you have a lot of other snakes and things at home, right? We because do. Parker, because, yes, brother. Yes. So yeah. my boyfriend's brother, younger brother, lives with us as well. And he breeds and sells a lot of snakes. Very, He's very good at it. He makes a good amount of money doing it. Um, at one point, we had an 18-foot reticulated python living in our basement. So I don't know how I would feel about that. Her name was Baby. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I, baby, that's no baby. <laughs> she ate rabbits about the size of Bitsy and Noli. Oh, oh, I can't. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Peace out. <laughs> oh, where did that go to then? Yeah, did someone buy it or? Yeah, so Parker actually ended up giving it away to a guy in Philadelphia who mm-hmm. had a, a match for good genes, I guess. Um, while Parker's going to be going off, he might be moving soon, so he wanted to take care of some of his snakes before Divesting. he did that. Yeah. He was divesting of the snakes. <laughs> yes, but he did sell them. I would have been like, them, so you need to do it now. Like, how do you know it's not sizing you up to eat it? That's what they do. Right? I mean, they're just they're just being snakes. They're just, I'm not faulting the snake. No, like, it's, yeah. That's, Oof. yeah, that's mm. a lot. Mm, I, I love this part of your life. It's like yeah. just a whole different, different thing. Learning yes. how to be a first-time homeowner. Yeah. It's a whole bunch of stuff. When yeah. the electricity went out this morning, we were concerned that we just forgot to pay the bill. That, that was a thing that <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I woke up and mine was off, and I had the same problem. I was like, did I? No, yeah. that's not a thing. Like, but for one split second, I was like, what is happening what? here? Because part of you doesn't want it to be for the, everybody. You know, that's they said most of all of our county was out this morning. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it wasn't for too, too long. But yeah. I was thinking about how many people were late for work because something didn't charge or, you know, yeah. it, it creates chaos. No, it, it certainly does. Mm-hmm. So... Let's talk about something that you have learned or something that, like, came as a surprise to you or, you know, just something about the Karen Cupboard um, that you're thankful for the experience to this point or it's kind of a big question. But, like, something that, you know, you've kind of taken and been like, I can run with this. This is now my project or something that you feel like you've really, you've really gained in being at the Karen Cupboard. I thought I was a patient person until I started working with volunteers, and then I became a patient person. It's a different beast, right? A volunteer it versus is. people you can hold accountable, it right? It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. And the volunteers that you want to be able to hold accountable, but at the end of the day, if they choose that they don't want to do something or feel a certain way, you can't do anything about that. And yeah. that was... It was a lot going from managing at a business where you had employees and if you asked them to do something, it was, you need to do, you need to do yeah. it, to could you please maybe possibly go do this for me? I'd really appreciate it. And then being like, mm, maybe in a few hours, you're like, I'll just go do it myself. Yeah. And it's tough, right? It's tough because yeah. you, you want some, you want to delegate, you want to get help, you want to use the help around you, but things need to be done, and so then you jump in, and it's this constant back and forth and yeah. push-pull, and the ability to trust other people, but also to know that at the end of the day, it is your job, and it is your profession, and you know this idea that while it's it's a volunteer or a nonprofit organization, things have to get done, there's a consequence. Yeah. Right? Absolutely, and yeah, yeah I mean... For- for us, it's it's this constant like putting out fires, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the other morning it was a whole debacle about us taking the van out to go do a pickup, and uh, volunteers had a different plan that we didn't know about, and it became this whole thing. And you know, always like, comes down to communication. Why? And, and, always, you know, why? Yeah. When we we made the arrangements to go do this pickup later on Tuesday evening, we didn't have time to communicate on Wednesday morning. It shouldn't have been a problem realistically because we didn't have a time like there was no time frame except for one thing which we would have totally missed but the volunteers had this whole other thing in mind and so you know and sometimes I feel I feel bad 
sad because Kenzie ends up taking the brunt of some of those things. Because she's out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's out there mm-hmm. and kind of doing it and whatever. And so I'm always like, you can use my name. Invoke my name whenever necessary. <laughs> and they can call and bitch at me about it because yeah. that's perfectly fine. Yeah. It's never malicious either. The volunteers don't ever mean never. to have bad intents about it. Sometimes they're just so passionate that their passion for doing good and helping they don't see the bigger picture of how we're helping as well. Well, you're try- we're always trying to maximize what we can do, right? Yeah. You know, you're trying to maximize the the most food that you can get out there so that it can support because it has such a ripple effect on people's lives, right? Mm-hmm. If this is one piece in their very complicated world that you can help to band-aid and make better, then that allows them to have that bandwidth for something else, right? right? Yeah, exactly. you know, and, and yeah. I'm the same way sort of obviously on such a totally different thing, but we run a musical theater program, but it's about making sure that we're giving the opportunities to the students. So yep. I think about things like watching you become, you helped develop our International Thespian Society troupe. You were literally the president who signed that document for the first time. And without your efforts and stepping up to be a leader at that age, it would not be what it is right now. Without that, all of our students wouldn't have the opportunities they have to perform, to be leaders, to be state leaders at this point. Can you imagine? Yeah. They can start to be, do that, mm-hmm. to travel, to do. And so if you don't do in your piece, then the other opportunities don't come. And that's really what you're doing too. If you can't take care of this piece for your clients, the other pieces won't come. Right. And volunteers don't always see that that piece. And we don't want to burden them with it, right? right? Do you guys, do you fight with that, that you don't want to burden people, you know, who are part of your organization with things, but you find yourself questioning it sometimes? Yeah, we try, the, it, we talk about this a lot, the drama. So, you know, there are Volunteers come at this for different reasons, right? There's a self-fulfillment for some of, of course, them. Yeah. Some of them, it's that they are selfless and they don't, they just want to come for the community and the support. And, you know, the, the people who are volunteers become friends. They go out to dinner for their birthdays and like they, you know, they hang out and do things together. So it becomes a community for some of the folks who have retired at a younger age, like the teachers. We have a lot of teachers who come. Yeah, sure. Um, and so it, that's really great. Um, so, yeah, that that's one of the things that we're always kind of balancing against is like everybody's coming at this for a different reason and one of the criticisms that I know I get a lot is that I don't respond immediately to needs so if someone says to me we need this capital thing like a repair or whatever I kind of sit back and wait because sometimes one person's opinion is not the collective opinion Mm -hmm. and so it doesn't make sense I would just be dropping money all the time into like you know so it's really discernment and figuring out and just trying to walk that line of like I'm a politician so I I often call like when I walk down into the store area when it's open like I'm just mayoring Mm -hmm. like I'm just like saying hey to the volunteers we call you the mayor yeah (laughs) (laughs) we do we call you the mayor and you know thanking people for their time and that kind of thing so yeah we definitely fight against and recognizing that there are people who want to come in and volunteer because it's an escape from something else like I'm thinking of a volunteer who Mm -hmm. he has a pretty stressful job it's a night job he comes in on Friday mornings and Saturday mornings and he he doesn't want the drama he just doesn't want to be involved in it and I don't blame him I don't want to be exactly yes so we talk a lot about like okay who is allowed to kind of be into the fold of all of that how much do we talk about things who do we talk you know and I've had to tell volunteers we're not talking about that. What if you, you give know? each volunteer a diva card? We <laughs> talked last week about diva cards. Maybe everybody gets you to get pull. one a year. You get one per year. Yeah. It's you know, it's not transferable. It's not renewable. You get that one. And what's? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I is there something that like you find with the volunteers, Kenzie, that you're like, you know, I, I want to keep this thing as a barrier or a boundary, or this is you know, sort of where we're. Yeah, I mean, especially some of our longtime volunteers, they take on a lot of responsibility that 
we may not have initially asked them to take on. They just kind of find that we need it and we might not have time to do it. Or they ask us to do something and we just don't get to it right away. So they do it themselves and then it becomes their daily or weekly task. And then they feel guilty or like they need to come in when they're sick and Mm -hmm. they really don't. We don't want them to feel like this is their job. Like volunteering and having a job are very different. It's such a hard thing, right? Because we want to respect the passion that people have. We want to help them have that great feeling of fulfillment that we have to do for, you know, to be. That's part of their thriving in a small town, right? But we also don't want the stress that comes with it. And and so we often have that about some volunteers that I have who, you know, their intent is so good, Mm -hmm. but they, they... I don't want them to have to look at the consequence down the line if they're taking a certain something on, but they're definitely not thinking about that consequence down the line. Yeah, so. and I think that's where that visionary conversation comes in. That like we we can step back and see whole picture. And sometimes volunteers come in and they're like, "Well, X needs to be done, so I'm gonna do it." And you're like, "No, no, 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 no. That wasn't <laughs> how we anticipated this happening." So it is about communication. And sometimes, and I run into that even with Kenzie. You know, having been the only person answerable to me for so long, um, sometimes I run into issues where like I forgot to tell her that X thing needed to happen, sure. and so. I'm like, um, um, I try to be apologetic about that because I don't want you to feel like that's that's intentional. But, you know, having been the only person for so long, sometimes it's hard to remember that there are other people now in the fold of all of that. You and I even do that yeah. with each other once in a while. And we, we talk the better part of 24-7. I mean, we talk a lot and, and it's about our worlds and these organizations and what they're accomplishing and how they're doing. And so we're pretty aware of what's happening. And even once in a while, we will have that thing that happens. And I always think it's interesting. I know we're going to talk a little bit later about um, an event we just had yep. in conjunction with each other. Even with things like that, sometimes I think that's actually where we neglect the communication the most sometimes right. because we know that the other one's going to be there yeah. to fill it in. We'll just figure it out. And I yep. suspect <laughs> you guys work the same way. Yeah. You know that you're going to yeah. seamlessly fill in for each other so sometimes that means that lack of communication because the other people need it more right doesn't happen because you don't you want it to but just it happens because it can and things can still function at this incredible rate yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah well I, we really appreciate you coming on to Coffee Beans and Booze. This we do. Great. Thank yeah. you so much Any for last comments or is anything? No, that... I'm super excited to see where the podcast goes, ladies. Yes, awesome. We're well, I'm yeah. super um, excited to have you be a part of this. Um, you know, you join us for the ladies who lunch from time to time. And so, therefore, um, I'm so thrilled that you were first to the table um, and so excited to be a part of your life and see what comes for you. So, thank yes, you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Shyla. And I'm Jasmine. And we're thriving in a small town. It's caffeinated Jasmine and drunk Shyla. It's time for coffee and booze. Clink.